Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. told someone earlier that I am super, super thankful that God chose tonight to kick me out of the nest while it's among my ladies, my women, that I feel confident already looking at all of your faces. Mom said if I just get up here and say, hi, my name is Lacey and I'm about to throw up, (laughs) that I've already won. So, hi, my name is Lacey, (laughs) and I'm about to throw up. (laughs) Um, I see some people have been writing on my notes. That's awesome. Uh, Tonight, I want to, Josh texted me earlier and was like, do you have a title? And I was like, oh. And I just began to think about what God has given me, and so I, I feel like God told me to title it, Stand Still and Worship. So we're just going to dive into 2 Chronicles 20 together and see where God wants to go. Um, This could take five minutes, it could take 20, who knows, but I'm just hoping to allow him to have his way and that you guys will receive like I received. As he started giving me this the other day, my spirit just started leaping. So I'm, I'm teaching this to me as much as I am to you. Um. Second Chronicles 20, starting with verse 1, it says, It happened after this that the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and the others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Can I just say right quick that all my life I've heard Jehoshaphat. Like that's, that's how I've always heard it, Jehoshaphat. And I guess I've just never looked into it before, but as I begin to read, it's got an S-H. And I can't tell you how much that has thrown me off the last couple of days. Like, I'm trying to say Jehoshaphat, but it's like Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat. I don't know. So I'm going to say Jehoshaphat, but in my mind, I'm struggling. I just want you all to know that. <laughs> came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon, Tamar. There are lots of names, y'all, so bear with me. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So as you go on to read the story, you're going to find out how awesome Jehoshaphat is. So immediately I find comfort in knowing that he is a mere mere human like me. And he felt fear first, right? Says he feared, but he set himself to seek the Lord. How many times, if we're so honest, that that's the first thing we do? You know what I mean? That we seek the Lord. A lot of times, fear comes in, and we either allow that to start stirring within us before we've ever went into the presence of God. A lot of times, we'll start calling people. Hey, can you pray? I need somebody to pray. Are we going to call somebody else? What do you think about this? You know what I mean? But not Jehoshaphat. He said, himself immediately to seek the Lord. He didn't even start making a plan. Right? A lot of times when 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 something comes up against us or we know the enemy's facing us, or even if it's the enemy within, immediately we're like, okay, well I could do this, or I could do this, or I could 
but he set himself to seek the Lord. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who, whom you would not let Israel invade. Like, by the way, God, you wouldn't let them take them out. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, you wouldn't let them take them. They turned and did not destroy him. Here they are rewarding us. I love how he says that. Like, I, I don't know the spirit behind Jehoshaphat's prayer, but I couldn't, help myself, I couldn't help but find myself when I was reading this, reading it in ways that I've questioned God before. Hello, God. Here they are. They're rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. God can handle our questioning. He's big enough for the question. He's big enough for the realness. He can even handle our emotions. Right? He created us. But when we allow it to breed doubt and disappointment, the enemy within and without has already robbed us of our faith. When we stop there, when we allow it to become murmuring and complaining, we've lost our focus and it becomes toxic. It can even breed anger. I know none of y'all have ever been angry at God because y'all are the perfect daughter. But I have been angry. Why, God? Why? Are you not God enough to change my husband? Are you not God enough to help my kids not go crazy? Why is this happening to me? Why am I here? Why are they getting to do that? And I'm standing here fighting these giants. Why is the enemy circling me again? Didn't I just go through that? Come on. Hey, God, here they are. They're rewarding me by coming to get everything you gave me. When we allow it to go there, it becomes toxic. But not Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat brings it all around. He says, Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Here it is. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. He didn't let it sink into tox 
toxic stuff. He didn't let it sink into murmuring and complaining. He didn't let it sink into doubt and depression and oppression. He was real and <laughs> laid it all out there. Oh, God, are you not the God of the nations? Are you not the one that has delivered us? Are you not the one we built this sanctuary for? But our eyes are on you. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. This is where it has to come every single time. Yeah, you can question for a minute. Lay it all out. God, this is how I feel. This is what I'm thinking. This is where I'm at. We're women. We do that. We got to lay it all out. This is how I feel. But don't let it stay there. Turn it to my eyes are on you. Now, all of Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children, stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon, this is where it gets fun, Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattanah, a Levite, of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord. As soon as Jehoshaphat said, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you, the Lord responds. The Lord begins to speak. And he says, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. I had to look this up, dismayed. It just kept jumping out at me. Dismay, this is so good, y'all, means to deprive of that strength or firmness of mind which constitutes courage. To deprive of that strength or firmness of mind which constitutes courage. Yielding to fear. To sink or depress the spirit of resolution. Depression. He says, and dismayed translates into disheartened, deprived of courage. And God is saying, do not fear, nor be dismayed. Don't let him rob you of your courage. Don't let him rob you of your resolution. Be firm. No. Don't fear, nor be dismayed. And don't stop there. He says, because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. But God, it's my health we're talking about. But God, it's my marriage we're talking about. But God, do you know what they're doing to me? Do you know what they're saying about me? God, it's my children. God, my promise is not coming. It feels very personal. This is very personal, God. This is my battle. I'm standing in the middle of it. I can see them. I can see the enemy. They're all around me, so I'm feeling like it's pretty personal. Right? But God says, this is not your battle. It's mine. It's my battle. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the brook where the wilderness of Jeril. How many times have we heard the word wilderness lately? He says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Again, he reminds them, it's not your battle. Stop fighting. Stop talking. Stop it. Stop giving in to the enemy. Stop feeding it. It's not your battle. It's God's battle. He said, you don't need to fight. 
Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. He says it again. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. He said, position yourselves. Stand still. That's really hard for us, right? As women. When something is going on in my family, when something's going on in my marriage, when something's going on with my kids, when something's going on with my friends, I'm not standing still. I'm, I'm working it out in my mind. I'm trying to fix it. I'm calling. I'm, I'm doing. But sometimes, and sometimes that's good. Sometimes God uses us, even in our own battle. But tonight God is saying, position yourself and stand still. Stand still. And then he said, and see the salvation of the Lord. Watch me. Watch me. No, I don't, I don't know where that came from. Stand still and watch me. I love that. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And I love that he said twice, do not fear nor be dismayed. And he said twice, the Lord is with you. Not he might be there when you get there. Not just try the waters a little. Not if you feel it, go like it, and he'll be there. The Lord is with you. He's with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of somebody and of the children of somebody else stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. They ain't even won yet. The enemy's still out there. God responded, told them what to do, and their response back was worship. How many times has God told us something, given us direct word, and immediately we're like, well, did you really mean that? Or we could do it this way. Or I better go ask, I better go ask Pastor Patty to make sure I have confirmation on this. I better talk it over with a few people, make sure I still feel it. Tomorrow we'll see how it goes. No, 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 no. They didn't complain. They didn't question. They didn't seek anybody else's approval. Because I'm pretty sure they were feeling pretty, I mean, God, you're going to send us out. The whole enemy's there waiting on us. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Just go. I love that. They let a praise rise within them before they saw victory. Before they ever even stepped out on the battlefield, they let a praise rise. It says, so they rose early in the morning, and they went out into the wilderness. So not only is God telling them, don't fear, it's not your battle. I'm with you. He sends them to the wilderness. He takes them right on into the wilderness. I'm going to let that sink in. They went into the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went out, y'all, I'm so sorry, my mouth is like cotton. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. I love this. 
He stops them before they ever go in and he gives them one word, believe. Wait, 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 wait. Before we go in, let me remind you, believe. Remember what God just said. Don't fear nor be dismayed, but you got to believe it. He said, I am with you, but do you believe it? You cannot go out until you believe it. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. If you're about to go into the wilderness and your enemy is waiting on you, you better know. You better believe and know God told me to. have many thoughts if he's telling you to go and fight you better believe i mean if he's telling you to go and not fight you know the enemy's all there and he's telling you to go and stand still they're all around go position yourself stand still it's not your battle to fight you better know you better believe he's going to show up if god is telling you stay in the marriage and it all seems hopeless, you better believe he's going to turn it around. If the cancer's back and God is saying, I'm going to heal it, you better believe he's going to show up. If your kids are going crazy but God has given you a promise, you better believe. Whatever it is that he's calling us into, we have to know. We have to know that we know. I keep thinking that word dad used, yada. You better yada it. You got to know it. It's got to be one with you. I know that I know that I know he is with me. So come at me. I mean, there's a lot of people, y'all. Three different enemies, and I'm sure they were armies. They were lots and lots of people, and they're going into the wilderness, surrounded. And Jehoshaphat says, stop. Believe. Believe in the Lord, and he will establish you. You got to know Believe is to be firm, firmly persuaded. It actually comes from the word aman, which means to consider trustworthy. And I thought this was awesome. It said from aman comes imana, which means faith. To believe is to have faith. And amen is the derivative of aman. So be it. I believe it. I'm firmly persuaded. Nothing can shake me. We're going in the wilderness. It's very good. To believe is to have faith. 21 says, And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. He appointed those who should sing and those who should praise. But it kept catching my eye that it says, praise in the beauty of holiness. Praise the beauty of holiness. So what does that mean? The beauty of holiness means transcendent, God-centered, void of self-centeredness. No selfishness involved. No manipulation no trying to get God to show up on my behalf. Because I already know. I already know he's with me. So the praise that comes out of me is completely God-centered. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely transcendent. 
It's you are holy and set apart and there is none like you. And you go before me and you're behind me. It's confident praise. They went out with expectation. The beauty of holiness, this is the kind of praise that's going on in heaven. The angels and the elders. This is the song of heaven. It's the beauty of his holiness. We got to stop and let him remind us, create that reverence in us again of how holy he is, of who he is. And it says, and now when they begin to sing and praise, they're already in the wilderness, but nothing was happening. But when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah. And what? They were defeated. Just like that. They began to sing and praise, and God set ambushes. What's awesome is, it says, for the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir. So two fought against the one to utterly kill and destroy them. And then when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy each other. All while the Jehoshaphat and his people were just standing and praising, worshiping, God, you're good, you're holy, we're set apart. Just standing still, singing and praising. Sing here comes from the word renah. And what I love about this is renah is for both singing and joy. I mean, if I'm sitting in the wilderness in the midst of all of my enemies, I'm thinking joy is not exactly the first emotion that I'm feeling, you know? But they were singing with joy. It means a shout of rejoicing, loud cheering and triumph. They were doing this before God ever did a thing. Before the enemy ever just started destroying themselves, they were singing as if they already had the victory. How many times do we do this for real? How many times do we go in our prayer closet and we begin to sing and shout with a voice of triumph in victory, knowing, God, you're with me and it's done. I don't see it right now, but it's done. At any moment, I expect the enemy to be defeated. At any moment. It literally describes the kind of joyful shouting at the time of a great victory. At the time of a great victory. Praise. Immediately when I read praise, I started thinking about the scripture in Psalms where it talks about God is enthroned in the praises of his people. He's enthroned in our praise. Our, that means our praise prepares a place for God. Yeah. It gives him access. Yeah. It's like he's just waiting. Yeah. And when you get to that point of praise, real praise, God, I know you're faithful. God, I know who you are. God, I know you gave me a word. It gives him an entry point to come into our circumstances. It gives him an entry point to come into our mind. It gives him access. He's awaiting our access so he can bring the kingdom to where we are. It's already done. He's, he's already said, I'm going to do it. I'm with you. He's just waiting on your praise. 
our job is to position ourselves to stand still and worship. Let that praise rise up in you. It goes on to say, so when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and there were dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. So literally, they sang and praised all the way through the wilderness. And when they come to the other side, they turned and the enemy was defeated. It says not one escaped. Not one thing. Sometimes it's in our mind. Sometimes the enemy we need him to defeat is literally the enemy. Whether he's working in our family, he's working in our home, he's working in circumstances, your finances, whatever it may be. But sometimes it's within. It's in our mind. We got lots of things going on in our mind. Doubt, fear, insecurity, worry. So many things sabotaging us day after day. But God said when he brought them through and they turned Not one was spared. They were all defeated. He's not going to just leave a couple here and there. If you believe, if you believe, they're all defeated. If you believe, you come out of the wilderness and they're all dead. You turn around and say, bye. They're dead. They're gone. And you leave it there. Actually, we're not even going to leave it there. Because it goes on to say, when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. Yeah. And there were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. Not only do I get to take back what the enemy stole, but I get double and triple and more than I can even carry away. It's not just for me. It's for my kids and my kids' kids. Not only did he defeat them, not only are they done, not only is it gone, but I get everything back. Everything. It's all mine. It took them three days to gather it up and it says then they returned every man of Judah in Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy they come out of the wilderness with joy how many times have we come out of stuff but we're like that like to killed me Man, the devil really beat up on me that time, but I made it out. Praise God. No, they came out with joy. I was convicted, y'all. I'm not even going to lie. Because there have been a lot of wildernesses that God has brought me through that I had to turn around and go back. I didn't get to go through because I didn't believe. I I let, I was dismayed by the enemy. And I had to go back. 
or there have been some battles that I, I, by the grace of God, come out of, but I come out of like this. Right? All these beat up Christians walking around. God is good. He's so good. He'll do it for you, but probably not for me. They weren't walking around looking pitiful. They weren't even walking around boasting. Look what we did. Look at all the dead bodies. Look at all the stuff we got. No, 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 no. They come out with joy because God had fought for them. It says, then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemy. I love that. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments and hearts and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Everybody else feared and was in awe of God. It doesn't say they feared Jeho- Jehoshaphat. They didn't fear Jehoshaphat's kingdom or the people. They feared because they knew the Lord had fought for them. That's how we should come out. With joy and confidence and peace and at rest and know God did that. He's all. And everybody around us should be looking to know. I want to know who their God is. I want to know who is fighting for them. I want to know the answers that they have. They should look at your life and want to, and, and, and all of a sudden experience fear and awe of God. Because he fights for me. Courtney, if you want to come play. Then it goes into, and I think this may be my favorite part. (laughs) Then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. There was no chaos. There was no fighting. There was no torment. He came out of the wilderness with joy and rest. He wasn't worn out from the fight because he didn't fight. They didn't come out beat up and wounded and and hurting and tired and cranky because they didn't fight. All they did was worship. All they did was stand still. So when they came out, they were full of rest and calm and quiet and the joy of the Lord filled them. This is what I want my life to look like. That it doesn't just say he was quiet and calm. It says the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet and at rest. That our homes would be at rest. That our marriages would be at rest. That our friendships would be at rest. That our church would be at rest. Because we walk in joy and confidence because we believe and know God is fighting for us. Some of us has come out on the other side and some of us are still in the middle of it. But we know. It doesn't, 
if you read this, it kind of feels like it just all happened in one day. But I'm sure it didn't. We don't know how long they were in the wilderness before God showed up. How long did they sing in worship? How long did they praise? If it's been a month and he still hadn't shown up, are you going to keep worshiping? Are you going to keep praising as if you've already won the victory? It's not enough just to go in and be like, oh, God, please. I worship you. You're good. I know you're good. But, God, please. No, we got to go in confident. I know what you said. I know you're coming. I know you're going to turn it. I know you're going to change him, God. I know you're going to fix it. I know you're going to provide. I know you're going to heal. And until you do, I will worship. I will worship. We have to be willing to stand still and worship no matter how long it takes. Standing still is hard, especially if it's been a minute. Well, I prayed, and I felt like God told me he was going to move, and he was going to do. But it's been a year now, so maybe I'll just do this. Maybe I should leave. Maybe I should have my child see a counselor. Maybe I should give in on my promise. Well, that dream didn't come, so maybe I'll just get another dream. Or maybe I won't dream at all. God told me he was going to use me in this way, but it's, it hasn't been time yet. But I guess I'm not anointed to do that. I guess that's not the gift within me. How long will you worship? How long will you praise before God does what he said he would do? How long will you believe? If you don't believe, you don't have faith. We got to stir our faith. We have to know. We have to go in our prayer. Let me tell you all something. This happened to me a week ago. Because I have battled with insecurity all my life. And I have allowed the enemy to lie to me all my life. And now that I'm at a place where I felt like God was drawing me into a greater commitment. And into greater things. I'm telling y'all, the torment in my mind was so strong. I wanted to lay it all down. It was so heavy. And one day, I got in my, my room, and I was praying, and I was just walking back and forth, and I was like, God, help my unbelief. I believe, I want to believe, but help my unbelief. And the Spirit of God rose up in me. The unction of the Holy Spirit. And he began to pray through me. I believe I am a daughter of God. I believe I am righteous through the blood of Christ Jesus. I believe I am worthy of everything God has ever told me. I know that I am anointed. And I struggled. I believe you're going to save my husband. 
I believe that my home will be filled with your presence and my kids will know you now and be able to lay hands on people now. I believe. I believe it, God. But as it come to a point for me to say who I was and what he'd anointed me to do, it was like my mouth shut. And I was pacing and warring with it. And I was warring with, is this prideful? Is this, is this even legal for me to say? I am and I know. But the Holy Spirit would not let me stop. He said, no, you say it. And I still warred. It was going over and over in my mind and I was warring. But he said, you say it out loud. Say it now. And I begin to say it and declare it with all the joy and with all the knowing that it was God saying it within me. It was my father reminding me, this is who you are. You believe that lie long enough. This is who you are. And I sat down later at my journal. I, tr I usually journal daily, whether it's prayer, scriptures, whatever I feel like God is doing. And I sat down to write. And again, I begin to write it. I believe who you are. I believe in your righteousness. I believe I can do all things through Christ. I could write it all until I got to that again of who I am and what I'm anointed to do. And the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me stop. And I sat there and struggled. He said, no, you write it. You're not leaving from here until you write it. Some of us need to go into our prayer closet and begin to say, God, I believe. I believe I am a daughter. I believe that I am worthy. I believe and name the promises he's given you. And if, he, if you feel like you haven't received a promise from God yet, then say, I believe you're about to give me promises. I believe you're about to speak to me, not to nobody else. You're about to show me what is mine so I can believe it. You're about to make every dream come true. And if it takes a year or five years or ten, I believe. Now, can I tell you that the next day, every lie and every doubt was staring me right in my face when I woke up. But every day since then, I either give in or I go in my room and I say, God, I believe. I believe. I believe I'm your daughter. I believe that you have spoken to me. I believe you've given me a word. I believe that I am a worshiper. I believe that when I sing and when I praise and whenever I shout for victory, that you're moving on my behalf. Not just me. Because I am a worship leader. But he wasn't talking to worship leaders. He was talking to everybody. You got to sing and you got to praise your way through the wilderness. And you got to know that you know God is moving on my behalf. At any minute, he's going to set an ambush and my enemy will be defeated. He's going to fall behind me and I'm going to keep on walking with joy and rest. If you are not at rest, then you're not standing still. If you don't have joy, then you're not convinced. I'm talking to me. If we are worrying and anxious and working, 
and we don't know it yet. We need to go back and position ourselves and stand still and worship. There is a praise inside of each and every one of you that God will enthrone himself in your situation if you let it out. You don't have to be a singer to let it out. I know lots of people who may not can sing, but sing anyway. Because there is, a, there is a place that you go in the presence of God where you can't help yourself. I don't care what anybody says. God loves worship. The angels and the elders never stop worshiping. There's a worship inside of you. There's a praise inside of you. And it is the enemy's job to shut it up. And we've allowed him to shut it up for too long. And he's calling us back as his daughters and as the women of God in this church, in our community, in our homes to allow that praise and worship to come out of us so that we not only see the victory in our life and in my home, but we get to see it in this church. We get to see it in every, it's just the whole realm around him was at rest. That means if I'm walking in his goodness and the confidence and the joy of what he's just done, then everybody connected to me and everybody around me gets the benefit of that. My kids, my friends, my family, our parish. How are they ever going to know and come to reverence and fear God unless we allow him to work on our behalf? He's so gracious and so merciful that sometimes he allows us he helps us defeat some things. You know what I mean? He helps us come out of some things. But it's not to where we can turn around and literally say, if it had not been for God. You know? But we're coming through some things to where it better be God. And I better know. I better know. Because if not, I will be disheartened. Because there are some things that I'm looking at right now that have taken me out time and time again, but not again. Not again. Because God has done given me a word that if I will stand still and worship, He is with me. He is fighting. He is moving. No matter what I see, no matter what I feel, I don't really know where to go from here except for to give y'all an opportunity to worship some of us in here tonight need to get resolve back we need God to restore the resolve and the firmness that we had once before we don't forgot we don't forgot and some of us in here need to remember that we got to stand still Stop trying to do it yourself and let God. So as Courtney plays, I'm just going to invite y'all. You can stand, you can sit, you can get in your own place. But let God restore the praise and the worship inside of you. It's not meek. It's shouts of joy and victory. It's a knowing and an expectation. That's what he wants to return to us tonight. That's what he wants to take from this.
Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.